Are you amazed when people drive their vehicles for over 250,000 miles? How often should you change your engine oil? What techniques can improve your mileage? Would an expensive fuel injection cleaning improve your engine performance? This is Car Guy with Brett Beechler at Beechler's Vehicle Care and Repair. Find out how to substantially reduce your cost per mile and extend the longevity of your vehicles. Welcome to Car Guy with Brett Beechler on PeoriaLife.com. Good morning, Central Illinois. My name is Greg McCoy. I'm here with Brett Beetzler on The Car Guy on PeoriaLife.com. How are you doing, Brett? Fantastic. Good morning, Greg. How are you? I'm doing great. Ready to talk for another half hour about cars and car repair. And Yes, we are. Today, we're going to talk about uh, things that are fairly important to have in your vehicle that you don't really think about. You know, yes. I'm, I'm from the real estate business, and the same thing happens with houses. You know, People mm-hmm. buy a new house and think that all they have to do is move in. Mm-hmm. And then they get there and they find out that, whoops, there's some things you got to do that mm-hmm. you don't really think about. And so this uh, has to do with cars and stuff that you don't think about in mm-hmm. your car. So let's talk about a f- few of those things. Uh, sure. One of those things is a cell phone. Yes. I don't think anybody pretty much goes without driving their car without a cell phone anymore. But from an emergency standpoint, um, I mean, I've been in situations where I needed to contact somebody, um, and I know old schoolers say, well, you don't need those things, but you know, bottom line is it really is nice to have a cell phone. Um, uh, I embrace that technology. Um, I encourage people they get into situations where don't be hesitant to use it, but, um, always carry a cell phone with you when driving a car, especially nowadays with the way things are. But don't text while you drive. Do not text while you drive. <laughs> you know, I just, I posted on my Facebook, uh, last week, a video, um, from AT&T and it is, it will take your breath away, completely take your breath away. Um, if anybody has a chance to watch that, but, um, they may even go on AT&T, um, do a Google search on AT&T car crash. Um, and I think they'll find that video, but it's, it's something that every parent needs to show their children. So anyway, just a little side note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was an article, I've not, not an article on advertisement on TV. What's the, uh, insurance company that has that guy that plays mayhem it's either allstate or mm-hmm. state farm anyway it was the one where he's under the car seat and he's buzzing like a car uh, like a cell phone and the driver is looking around for it and he's flying down the highway not flying he's going down the street and of mm-hmm. course he looks down just as a car stops in front of him and whack mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the car yeah and you know it's amazing how much energy there is in a car when it's moving even absolutely at three or four or five miles an hour if you've ever had a fender bender, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you don't get that feeling when you're just flying down the road because you have, it's nice and smooth. And if you could have good shock absorbers, you just, you just, it feels smooth. Yes. But it sure doesn't feel smooth when you, you no. know, when you run into something, even no. at three or four miles an hour. Yeah. 3,000 pounds pushing behind it too. Yeah. Makes a big difference. So cell phones, I can remember when we bought our first cell phone way back when they, when they come out, 93, 94, 95. When they're, when they're big blocks. Yeah. And big blocks and you got zero minutes for a mm-hmm. lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I bought it strictly 100% for my daughter and my wife to mm-hmm. carry with them when they were driving. Mm-hmm. So that if they had an emergency, they could call. Yes. And my daughter did. She got stuck in a snowbank one time. Mm-hmm. Soon after that, she was able to call us. And otherwise, yeah. she might have taken out in a snowstorm and who knows what would have happened. Right, so. right. It's a good idea. Yes, absolutely. Okay. How about a gas can? Gas yeah. can, yes. And people at first may 
kind of storm back at this and go, why, why would you carry a gas can in your car? Well, first and foremost, I wouldn't advise any gas being in the gas can, of course. But from my business standpoint, um, I, I see people all of the time that come into our business that run out of gas. Okay. So they run out of gas and they don't have a gas can. So the problem with that is the way the gas can technology is anymore. Um, uh, the catch is gas cans anymore are about nine, $10 because they have to have a vapor deal on the gas can that allows vapor to, um, not be reduced. So what I tell people all the time is carry the one gallon gas can that gets you into, that gets you into, um, some kind of, get you into some kind of issue with the gas can itself. And, um, you don't have to go out and purchase first and foremost, purchase a gas can because pretty much anymore, you know, places like ours, we can't keep gas cans around from two standpoints, um, a liability standpoint. If somebody gets an accident and the car catches on fire and our gas cans in the trunk with a gallon of gas, believe it or not, in our Sioux happy society, um, they can come after us. So we got rid of loaning out gas cans. Uh, the other deals we'd always find gas cans would go one way all of the time. We'd never see them back. So we got out of that business of loaning gas cans. And I know people sit there and go, gosh, that's not very nice. But you know, we, it was a, it was a business decision we had to make. So we keep a few gas cans on hand we sell them, but the problem is they're expensive. They're nine or $10 because of what the government has done to keep this, uh, the fumes from coming out of the gas cans, the new style gas cans. Um, and I won't di diverge into that. Um, but now the gas cans are expensive. So my, my encouragement to folks is keep a, an empty gallon of ga a gas, an empty gas can in your trunk in case something like that ever happens. If you're a person that watches your gas gauge all the time and never run out of gas, absolutely, by all means, you don't need to keep it in there. But it also could help somebody else out um, down the road. So, so one gallon enough, you think? One gallon is usually enough. One gallon is usually enough to get somewhere. You don't want to keep a five or six gallon gas tank empty in your trunk because it takes up a lot of space. We could probably spend a whole half hour talking about gas cans. <laughs> Possibly so. It is so frustrating. <laughs> I, I, a little while ago, broke down and spent, I don't know, 45, 50 bucks and bought a metal five-gallon can. I forget the brand, but mm -hmm. it's off the internet. It's really a nice gas can. Mm -hmm. But I got frustrated with the cheap ones that I bought at Walmart all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and they never work right. And because of the government stuff, it, mm -hmm. it, they're a real pain. So yeah. I decided to buy a good one. Yeah. So that's probably a wise decision. Yeah. Okay. How about a flashlight? Is that, that important? Flashlight is extremely important. Most people have them on their phones anymore. If you don't know that, I mean, check out the apps on your phone. Um, but most people have them in the quick functions on their phone. Um, they're not overly bright. I've used them. Um, but it is nice to have a, a handle type flashlight on you because what can happen is things such as changing spares, uh, one of your wheel nuts rolls away somewhere and it's dark outside, you can't find it, or you get two or three that roll away, then you're in, you know, you're in deep because then there's issues. Um, when you're missing more than half of your wheel nuts, you're not going to be able to drive your vehicle. Um, it's just not safe to have, you know, if you've got a five wheel nut system and you, you're missing three, having two on your wheels, not safe at all, um, from a, a physical standpoint. So I always encourage people, with, um, with vehicles to have a, a small flashlight, you know, if you got to find something in your car or something in your trunk, I mean, things like that happen. And I can't tell you how many times my, my guys have flashlights on them and they use them and it's during the day. 
looking through cars. So always encourage people to have flashlights um, from a safety standpoint too. It, you know, it's another light on the side of the road that people can see um, also. So I, I always encourage people to keep flashlights inside their cars and you know, the batteries, you want to change them every once in a while too, or if it's a charge, chargeable flashlight. Especially in the winter, right? Especially in the winter because cold ambient temperature can drain batteries that much quicker out of out of anything. So we know that. Talking about missing a wing nut. Remember, <laughs> there's probably some people you know that probably are missing some wing nuts, right? A couple. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Remember the Christmas story? That movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Remember that scene where... Mm-hmm. We won't go any further. But. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, speaking of uh, that story that happened in the wintertime, uh, how about That's a blanket? Right. <laughs> uh, good good lead in there, Greg. Um, a blanket, absolutely. Uh, you know, my family's been in a situation. We were coming back from Wisconsin one time, and my wife's a blanket freak. We always have tons of blankets in the car when we're traveling. Um, but we actually had an alternator that failed in our car, and we had to wait for help. And it was the middle of the winter when it was occurring. And um, it's okay. That stuff happens. Uh, but we just huddle up in the back of the van. And all of us got underneath the blanket. But the, the catch is you get in a situation like that and it's 10 degrees out, the heat inside your car gets lost real quickly. Um, and if you don't have something like a blanket, uh, your body heat can go away real quickly. So I always encourage folks, especially in the wintertime travel, always keep a blanket in your trunk or inside your car or whatever the case may be. It's, it's always very helpful in any situation. If you got, you got into an emergency situation like that, I know everybody laughs at that. Um, but I wasn't laughing when we were prepared and we broke down on the side of the road. So, um, very wise to keep a blanket in, in your vehicle. What about those little packets of things that you can, I don't what you use, um, slap them or break them or whatever and then mm-hmm. they produce heat you put them in your gloves you put oh, them in your those feet are, those are fantastic um the only catch is they only they cover the extremities and that's that's about it which me is little skin i have on me it, it really is nice on the hands and the feet and um, they make packets for the top of your feet and the bottom of your feet and um make them for your hands they make them for your chest too i think really yeah yeah um, but they're really nice to have I'll, I'll use them occasionally in the winter time when doing certain things outside because I had frostbite on my feet about 10 years ago, and it is what it is. You didn't lose any toes, right? Nope. No, no toes lost, but a little damage. That's all right, though. Well, a little thing that uh, probably everybody knows about but nobody carries is a tire gauge. Absolutely. A tire gauge. And I know last week's show we talked about tire pressures and where they're located. And just a reminder, uh, tire pressures are located on the placard of your driver's door, most vehicles. That'll tell you exactly how much air you need to keep inside your tires. Um, what I do see people doing a lot is they, they come to the inflation station at our business or anybody else's business, and uh, they come to that inflation station, and they don't have a gauge. So they, they guess or they use our gauge, which sometimes can be inaccurate, and I'll, I'll just be plain, plain and, and open and honest, because what happens is we have a brass gauge, and like a lot of stations that have air machines, people drop those things. And when they drop them, accuracies can go away. Um, you know how it is when people have other people's equipment, they don't treat it like their own. And that's human nature. And I'm not picking on people, but that's just the way it is. Um, but often we're changing those gauges out because of the inaccuracies or they just, they, they completely just stop, they completely stop working. So I always encourage folks to have their own uh, tire gauge. Um, much higher probability it's more accurate. Than, than a gauge that you use at any any gas station for inflating your tires. Mm-hmm. So, and good those, idea. Those are cheap, right? Oh, very inexpensive. 
five dollars you can you can get one three to five dollars i've seen them do you prefer i know there's ones that where the things slide out which is the normal one plus there's the the gauge ones is there a difference no preference i think the gauges are a little bit easier to read um i mean i would encourage folks to spend a couple more bucks and get the metal ones um more durability um i would also shy away from getting the truck tire pressure gauges that go up to 110 or 120 um, just from an accuracy standpoint they're the same length of gauge that comes out um, but the 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 numbers are smaller so there's a little bit more probability of inaccuracy that goes on with those so get the gauge that goes to 55 pounds i think is what it is actually it's a good point because mm -hmm. sometimes someone might walk up to that section at walmart or wherever they're at and just grab one yes there's actually different ranges there's also yes. one for a lower range i had yes. to buy one of those for my uh tractor or my uh, zero turn lawnmower mm -hmm. because it uh, only goes up 10 pounds yes yeah. So, yeah, good good point. So, yeah, definitely pick out the gauge that goes to I think it's 50 or 55 pounds. So, good idea to have one in your car though. Now, another thing you might want to think about is a first aid kit, right? Nobody thinks about first aid kits. Um I keep one in the car that we travel in. Um it's got the basic necessities in it. I mean, thankfully we've never had to use it, but um I ever get in a situation where we do need to have it for us or somebody else, we have it. Um, it, the, the catches with these, I don't think they last forever. I think there's an expiration period on them, um, rightfully so. Um, but I, I keep it in a drawer below the passenger seat in our van and, and that's where it stays. And if anybody needs it, they, they know that's where it's at. So, um, hopefully you'll never have to use it, but having it gives you the peace of mind knowing that, Hey, if I ever have something happen while I'm on a trip, we've got a complete kit and they're really not that expensive. I mean, I think they're 20 or $30. Um, at any, any store you go to, a Target, a Walmart. Do they have first aid kits specifically for automobiles? I believe they're built for, travel. for automobiles and travel. The one I have is maybe the size of a half of a lunchbox. Um, got everything I, that I need in it that I think I need, but maybe a doctor might look at it and say, no, 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 you need more things than this. Um, but it's to me, in my opinion, it's a, it's a fantastic idea to have one of those. So hopefully you never need it. All right. Well, uh, another thing that can happen to people, of course, is their battery goes dead. Um, jumper cables, is that a good thing to keep in your car? Uh, jumper cables are not a bad idea to keep in your vehicle. Uh, the catch with jumper cables is you need someone else. You have to rely on somebody else, um, you know, the availability and their kindness to come and help you out with, with jumping your vehicle, which is not a bad thing. I think most people are apt to be able to do that. Um, what we prefer is what we call a battery jump pack. Um, it makes you completely self-sustaining. You can jump start the car in your car. There's two fewer cables to hook up. You literally hook up black to black, red to red. It's really simple um, because I, I can't tell you how many times I've um, tried to teach people about hooking up jumper cables and they go, okay, well, what do I do first? You know, you got these four ends, where it goes, it's, it's, it can be. Don't touch bit, them together. Don't touch them together. <laughs> yes. Um, it can be daunting. Um, the only thing you don't want to do with jumper cables is cross them because um, if you go black to red and red to black, of course, um, cars are built anymore that they can sustain that. But it used to be they'd take out PCMs and brains of vehicles and a, you know, a simple jump start on a car would cost somebody five or $600 because of the damage they did from crossing up currents. Plus the toe. Plus the toe. Exactly. So, um, but I can't tell you how many times, you know, my dad carries a jump box in his car he lives 13 miles outside of town he's helped other people out with the jump box he's helped himself out with the jump box he's left dome lights on in his vehicle um you know he gets in his car oh, doesn't start pulls the jump box out of the trunk fires the car right up and away he goes 
Um, you know, they weigh, I want to guess they weigh 12 to 15 pounds. So yeah, it's a little extra weight you have to carry in your car. Typically I see the prices of these things go anywhere between 45 to a hundred dollars. Um, you know, you can buy better ones. I know we use better ones, more durable ones at our business, but that's literally how we jumpstart cars and we go out to them anymore. We don't take jumper cables. We don't take a jump car out there. We don't take anything like that. We have, I think three jumper boxes around the business that if somebody's got to jumpstart a car and get it in and work on it, they walk out to it. They don't have to tie up another technician. It's a big time saver for us. Um, but from a convenience standpoint for people, it's a fantastic piece of equipment to have in your trunk. Interesting. You, you can get them at Walmart. You can get them at Farm Fleet. You can get them at you know automotive stores like Napa, uh, places like that. You can get them online. I know Amazon sells them. I'm a big Amazon fan. Uh, but they're they're a great tool to have in the car. Is it a jumper box or a jumper pack? Either way, jumper box, jumper pack. Either way, they make really small ones. So what is it? Is it a battery? It's basically a battery. Yep, it's a battery that you. you the, I, I need to make this point too. You need to keep it charged, so. Um, so I would I would guess once a month, you want to test the charge. Most of the good ones have a little test button that tells you if it's in the green range or the red range, and it's really really simple, super simple. And if it's discharged, you take it in the house and you, you know, you plug it into a one ten overnight, and next morning you pull it off and put it back in your trunk. So it's got its own its own charger built in, so you don't have mm-hmm. to have a battery charger Correct. that you hook up to it. Yeah, it's really really neat little mechanism. Mm, cool. So very simple. So, well, uh, that is a very important thing. What, mm-hmm. what about some other things? Uh, can you think of some other things that are important to have? Okay. So on this list, there's a towel and people say, what do you need a towel for? So not that I'm picky, but you know, a guy is going to work at Caterpillar in the morning, he gets a flat tire and he's got a suit on, he's got dress slacks on, whatever the case may be. And he's got to get on the ground. Bottom line, you, you change a tire. You're probably going to have to get your deans on the ground. So you get your knees on the ground, you pull your towel out, put the towel on the ground, and you keep your 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 pants clean and keep them from being worn, period. Um, you know, I helped a friend out, I don't know, a couple months ago, he called me and was having trouble changing his spare tire and pouring down rain. It's 45 degrees out. I took my rain suit and I took a towel because I didn't think he would have something like that. And I knew I'd be sitting outside for five minutes trying to flip tires around. Um, I was very thankful I did that because it was on the side of the road and it was very kind of gravelly and pebbly off to the side of the road and it would have you know probably worn a hole in my jeans and my knees would have been crying that night to myself too so um a towel is just a great idea it doesn't have to be big enough to you know support your knees when you're you're on the ground doing that type of work Hmm. so you're going to get dirty when you change a spare tire what about your hands your hands are going to get dirty yeah so with that i have gloves that uh, we carry in cars um great idea you don't have to have them i mean some guys really kind of get excited when they have dirt on their hands, but you know, most people don't want to get dirt on their hands. So they just carry an old, old pair of gloves in the car and for flipping tires around, you're going to get dirty. Your hands are going to get dirty period, you know, between moving tires around and trying to get them up on the, on the wheel studs of the vehicle, always a good idea to have gloves in your car. Or if you have to do something under the hood, or if you got to pull something out from underneath your car, you know, a lot of these new cars to spare tires underneath the, literally the belly of the vehicle. And you're going to have to reach under the car to get that. Um, so you might as well be somewhat prepared. You'll thank me in the end. I promise. <laughs> what about a tarp? Like it may, uh, you could like a, you'd use for painting a house, you know, um, canvas tarp kind of thing. Yeah, you could, it might, it might take up a little bit more space, but, um, a tarp might not be a bad idea to have inside of a car. Um, it's going to be a rain gatherer if it's, you know, you're out in the rain, but it wouldn't be, wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to it. So mm-hmm. it might be a good idea. Hmm. So, well, speaking of flat tires, are yeah. there anything 
is there anything that you can carry in the car that would help you? you know, the battery charger helps you if you have a battery problem. Mm -hmm. What about if you have a, tar, uh, a tire problem? Tire problem. Um, so first and foremost, learn how to change your spare tire. We teach that in our car, car care clinics. Um, secondly, we, is, is a backup, is fix a flat. Um, we'll have folks keep fix a flat in their trunk. It is for tiny, tiny leaks on a car, and it's temporary. The only catch with fix a flat is patches and fix a flat don't get along. So when you take that tire to get repaired into your local shop to have it patched, they've got to do another procedure to clean that chemical, that fix a flat out of your vehicle. So I would use it only in a complete backup situation where you can't change a spare. You're in, you're in a bind. It's cold out, whatever the case may be. That would be your secondary choice of using a fix a flat. Literally you, you screw it on the valve stem, you pull the trigger and it's supposed to fill the, fill the tire up if it doesn't have a gaping wound, but the tire needs to not have a gaping wound. It's got to be a tiny, tiny leak. Otherwise it won't work. Like a nail in it or a screw Correct. Or stiff Correct. wire or something Correct. like that. And mm -hmm. it is, it is temporary. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So not a bad idea. So it puts not only air into it, but also a chemical to seal it or what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a chemical sealant that goes inside the tire. It's a liquid sealant that I think hardens. I, I don't know exactly what it does, but it, when we take tires off it, part of it's still liquid, but I think part of it seals onto the tire itself. So, but long term, it's not the ideal way to do it. But if it's your secondary backup, by all means, do it. What percentage, given your uh, history of repairing tires, what percentage of tire problems like this, flat tires, are the slow leak kind that would be appropriate for this or maybe some of the other things we're going to talk about? High percentage, I would say 70% are slow leaks. Mm -hmm. um, As opposed to blowouts or exactly. you know, massive yep. failure kind of thing? Yes. Exactly. The catch is part of that 70% is bead leaks inside of a, inside of a car or inside of a tire where the, where the actual tire meets the rim. There's a large portion of those fixed flats, not going to correct that. It's only going to be in the, in the rubber itself. It won't be where that bead meets the tire. So that has to be corrected by kind of brute force by taking wire wheels and removing the corrosion off the wheels once you take the tire off. So fix a flats, not, not going to correct that. But is that, is that a slow leak? That's considered a slow leak. Believe it or not. Okay. Yep. Usually is. Don't see too many gaping wounds mm -hmm. and bead leaks. But some, something that I have that we carry with our car that helps you with slow leaks is a little air compressor mm -hmm. that you can buy at Walmart or yes. other places that yes. you plug into your, pardon me, cigarette lighter. You're not supposed to say that anymore, but <laughs> I'm old, so I can say that. Um, you, you plug it into that and it uh, it pumps up. It works very slowly, yes. but it will pump up the tire. Yes. And if it's a slow leak, yes. that's enough to get you home or to get you to the gas station yes. or wherever. Yes. That's that, on the list too. That that has uh, saved me several times. Mm -hmm. It is a is a good item to have in your vehicle. I've I, I can't tell you how many customers have called up and they've said, "Hey, I had a flat tire in my car. I use my air compressor, air it up, and I'm coming in." You know, coming in hot, make a bay open, whatever the case may be. <laughs> Hold it open. Here oh, I come. Oh, here, here I come because it's, <laughs> it's losing air. Um, great, great piece of equipment to have either inside the car or in your garage. But as you do, you carry it inside your car, right into the accessory outlet it gets plugged into. <laughs> Not the cigarette outlet anymore. Um, and you inflate the tire. So great tool to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not only to, to have for yourself, but to help other people. Yes. Uh, I've yes. helped several other people yep. with their tires yep. as well. Yep, Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Well, uh, how about uh, any other winter things to help um, people out? Yeah, we both of our cars have ice scrapers in them. I usually take them out in the off season um, just because I don't like clutter in my car. Um, but a lot of people keep them 
you know, throughout the season, they'll put them inside their trunk and, you know, they're tucked away. And, um, but fantastic idea. You don't want to be scraping your, your windows with your hands or your credit cards or anything like that. It takes an enormous amount of time and you're going to damage your credit card guaranteed in Illinois because of the amount of ice that we have. So just use an ice scraper, be done with it. And to me, it's a safety standpoint because I see some people that try to like use their wipers and just see out the front windshield and then your, your vision's a little impaired that, that way anyways. And then they don't do their side windows and they don't do their back windows. But to me, it just, Pretty that's scary. Not, a, not a safe way to drive. Just get all your windows, take your time, get every single window in your car. And if you don't have a garage and, and away you go, but keep the ice scraper in the car. So, yeah. It's pretty scary when you see people doing that. It is. Not that we've it, ever done that. <laughs> it is. So the other winter item, uh, sand. Um, I know that everybody looks at this and kind of says, what do you need sand in your car for? It's not from a weight standpoint. It is from a standpoint of getting, if you get stuck in snow or ice, sand is probably one of the best piece of equipment you can put underneath your tires to get some kind of grip. Um, so, you know, a couple pounds of sand, whatever the case may be. I mean, I wouldn't put, you know, 40 pounds of sand in the back of your trunk. You don't need that much. And if that small amount doesn't work, you got issues anyways, you're going to have to get a tow truck. Um, but a small amount of sand in the back of your car in the wintertime for getting those times you may or may not get stuck. Do they sell bags of sand? You know, I don't know if they that? sell bags of sand that small. Um, sounds like a business opportunity. Sounds like a business opportunity. Maybe I'll let Farmer Fleet take care of that one. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if they sell them that small, but, you know, you could always put them inside durable Ziploc bags, you know, the gallon bags. You know, I'm thinking – that much content not not a 20 or 40 pound bag hmm. too much mm-hmm. so all right well can you think of anything else that's a good idea to take in your car um i, I talked about changing the spare tire uh for that friend of mine and i went there it was you know raining 40 45 degrees out i just grabbed my rain suit because I, quite frankly i didn't want to get soaked outside i know that sounds kind of weekly but um, I just didn't want to do it. So I, I, t- I took a, it's an inexpensive rain suit. I think I got from one of the outdoor places, 15 or 20 bucks. And it compresses into a ball about the size of a softball. Um, I, I would keep that in my trunk every single time, because when that does happen, you flip your rain suit on and you're going to stay dry. Um, nobody thinks about that. I know if you don't do a rain suit, then absolutely by all means, put an umbrella in your trunk. But the catch with the umbrella is if you're by yourself, which many people are when they're driving, who's going to hold the umbrella? Um, they're cute to have, you know, especially if you're walking around downtown, whatever the case may be. Um, but that's the drawback is you're going to need somebody else to hold it. So that's why I encourage people the the rain suits take up less space. Um, they're lighter, um, but they're definitely a great tool to have when you're, when you're changing a spare tire. Take it from me. I've done it. Um, and I've done it both ways too. I've done it, um, you know, without a rain suit and it's not fun that made me learn for the next time i've also changed spares in the winter time one of the things that i had when i changed a spare in the winter time was not necessarily a it wasn't a towel it was a rug i had a small rug that i was able to put my knees on um and it was bitterly cold i think it was 10 or 15 degrees out wind was blowing 20 25 miles an hour and it was chilly and luckily i had all the right equipment um you know it's like the norwegians say there's no such thing as bad weather it's called bad gear and a lot of us in this country could take that lesson because I can't tell you how many times I see people unequipped to be out in the cold weather and then they complain about the cold weather and then they don't have the right clothes on. And I go, wait a minute, if you had the right clothes on, maybe you wouldn't complain about the cold weather. So um, anyway, so a good idea to have those pieces of equipment inside the car. These things always seem to happen. Is it Murphy's Law? Always seems to ha- seem to happen in the worst weather. Yes. 
Absolutely. <laughs> um, you never get a flat tire when it's 75 degrees and sunny. And- you see them once in a while, but yeah, you're right. You're right. You don't, you don't see that very often, often at all. <laughs> so uh, one other thing I might add to this list, and I know everybody's going to laugh at me, but I'm kind of a map geek, and I always encourage folks to have maps inside their cars. Um, here's the reason. GPSs are electronic. I've seen them fail, and they don't give you the right direction some, sometimes. And I've, I've taught my daughter this. I've taught my kids this. I think it's very important that people still know how to read a map. Because you get in a situation where Siri doesn't work on your phone or your GPS doesn't work on your dashboard and you don't have any other tools or mindset to learn how to navigate yourself out of a city or out of a state or whatever the case may be, you're, you're going to be in deep. Um, I always, always, always encourage folks. And the reason I say this is I can't tell you how many times in our business, you know, we're in kind of the center of Peoria in our business. I've had people traveling from the Quad Cities to go to Chicago, and they're in Peoria. And I always say, <laughs> hey, where's your map? Well, I didn't carry a map. And it's always good to be prepared. So usually those people are putting an extra 50 or 75 miles on. And if anybody knows the Illinois, that is not the direct route to go to Chicago, and it happens all the time. So carry a map inside your car. <laughs> all right. Well, it looks like we've done it again. We've yes. done, spent a half hour of uh, good information on, on cars, and this is real interesting. Now, where do you keep all this stuff, by the way? This is a whole bunch of junk. <laughs> Uh, in your trunk. This, Not to you have rhyme, a box or junk in your trunk. Yeah, you can keep a little box inside your car. Uh-huh. Yeah, in your trunk. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's a great idea. So thanks for this information, Brett. You're welcome. Uh, thanks, everybody out there, for joining us on The Car Guy, PeoriaLife.com. And we'll see you again next week. PeoriaLife.com.